yeah, well, let's do this, man. Let's uh, let's go over the World Cup a little bit. We were originally going to talk about the draw, but after a week, it kind of feels like nothing's really changed because nothing has. Um, we have to wait until June to find out who the other three teams will be that join everybody. So let's talk about a few different fun things. Um, this is Campfire Football and uh, Footy Misfits. Guys, because you guys inspired me with the AKAs, I'm going to throw two of mine out there. Number one is Bash, very nice and simple. And then my persona on the mic, Recordinho. A Brazilian Ooh. mic. That's what I got. So. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm not mad at this. It sounds dope. Good hot stuff. <laughs> so you guys let's see what you let's see what you, obviously rum coquito is is out so ronnie what you got today for us um i'm wearing the german national team shirt and i'm latino so i just went with el kaiser um <laughs> not mr misfit not um mr moving all that foods and stuff like they do on top boy fam but um i'll do it with el kaiser and lv as always well of course i gotta i can't let ronnie walk away without saying that he is mr misfits because he is he's <laughs> the man who gets it done and who has gotten it done and will continue to get it done uh me of course i got a couple it's lv aka paper fronto aka ma rainey's black bottom good movie good movie uh aka buck nasty sometimes i'm the sad spurs fan but not not as of recently but that's a story for another time we're not talking about club football today. We're talking about the big stuff, the, the patriotic stuff, the international stuff, the World Cup, the World stuff. Cup stuff. Yeah. So let, look, I think it, it was really fun. We did we did the draw, LVU and I together, and just kind of went through the whole entire thing. Hilarious, obviously, as a ceremony to watch it. It was kind of like watching uh, the Oscars with like no with without very many speeches or anything else really just like two yeah. musical without performances the either. <laughs> <No> slap. <laughs> yep there was a you know, it was a very tame environment very nice um took two hours and we finally got a good picture of what the world cup is going to look like so instead of going into predictions on what we think who we think is going to go through or whatever I want to know what your guys' thoughts were on sort of just reactions you saw uh, after the draw. Were there maybe, you know, as an example, it could be the English um, super excited or not to face the United States or any country that had just an interesting reaction, something that you clocked that you thought was either ridiculous or maybe a good point. I don't know. Ronnie, what you got? What, what, what kind of uh, caught your attention? Um, the various groups of death, if you will, I feel like from groups, I would even say B, actually, no, all the groups, uh, I see all the groups, for lack of a better term, even killed, like you'll have your teams, you know, stand out among the rest, but there'll be, um, a lot of teams fighting for a second spot. I know the group LV, you know, is clamoring over is group G, the one with Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. Mm -hmm. Brazil, obviously, would probably be the head of the group. And it's a three-horse fight for the second one. 
And we were talking about this on our airwaves. Serbia with Vlachovic and Tadic. Switzerland with Shakiri and Bomo and Shaka, who, you know, like LV also pointed out, when it's not Arsenal, he'll find his way to stay on the field. Unlike Arsenal, he'll find his way to get off the pitch via the Reds. And then Cameroon. Vincent Abubakar, Carl Toko Tampi, um, Maxim Chupamoting. And then other groups as well, like Argentina, they'll see themselves out in Group C. And then there's going to be a fight between Mexico and Poland. Group E, of course, you have Spain and Germany. But Japan, they gave Belgium a run for their money. And then Costa Rica, if they make out that playoff with New Zealand, they could make it pretty interesting themselves. So without going through each and every single group in like the first minute and a half of this recording, that's my biggest takeaway. What about you, LV? Yeah, so for me, uh, you kind of already mentioned it, but England back in a group with the USA, there's always something about when, whenever the English and the Americans get together, uh, there's just a, an extra, you know, inch of, you know, patriotism on both sides. It gets very competitive. A lot of talks about tea being poured in harbors and things like that. You know, uh, a lot of analogies to the uh, Revolutionary War. So uh, I, I love, you know, America in that atmosphere, especially when they play against England. So uh, I'm excited for that. Um, and then for me, one of the reactions I've been seeing, aside from that there, uh, in Group H, we've got Ghana and Uruguay back at it, uh, playing for probably the first time since that, you know, infamous World Cup match in the quarterfinals of 2010 in South Africa, where Luis Suarez, you know, became the most hated man, not only in Ghana, but probably in all of Africa at some point. Um, and so I've been seeing a lot of reactions from Ghanaian fans specifically, you know, uh, just targeting Luis Suarez and saying, we can't wait to see you. And uh, in a bad way, of course. <laughs> um, and so I think for me, that's probably the one that stuck out. Um, and then real quick, just to add to that, Portugal, while we were on live, Sebastian, uh, we, I think you asked us uh, who, who would be, uh, you know, the flops of the tournament for you. or And I picked Portugal as one of them. And I think that group, aside from the Ghana-Uruguay madness, I've been seeing fans of Portugal, or I wouldn't say bragging about the group, but feeling very confident, which I don't understand. This is a very tough group, and Portugal have not been playing very well. On paper, they have, but uh, yeah. So those have been the two, for the most part, that I've been seeing as far as reactions go and things that I'm also kind of looking forward to. Well, I think one interesting thing about Group H is actually Portugal's schedule. They'll play Ghana first, Uruguay second. And I think a lot of people obviously focus on Uruguay. And I think there's a, a lot of people don't really recognize how the team has actually turned over. Um, looking at their squad, you realize, oh, this is not like Diego Forlan's retired, right? Like, I mean, it's almost like people think that he's, you know, he's still creeping in at 38, you know, or 42 or whatever. And the reality is, if you're worried, if they think, oh, well, it's Cavani, Suarez, come on, they're old. No, Darwin Nunez is uh, one of the guys that will lead the line for them. And so I think a lot of people forget just how dangerous Uruguay are. Every African team is very difficult to play against because only the best survive and make it to the World Cup anyway. And South Korea are never pushovers. So I think you've got something on here, um, but we could also see Portugal do extremely well. When it comes to the reactions, I got to say there's – just a couple teams I felt got slept on. The first one for me is Iran because 
obviously in the United States, people were like, oh, England, that's the game that matters. And then it's like Scotland, Ukraine, Wales. A lot of people don't really know much about those teams. They may know Gareth Bale. But Iran is being slept on, I think, very much so. Uh, They're the team that could cause a lot of problems to both the U.S. and England. And also, I haven't heard much in the in in how just about Spain Germany because I think that is the blockbuster game of the group stage, and I just have not heard many people go. You know how crucial that could be. And actually, I, I got to double check here exactly when that one is being played. I believe it's the second round that they play each other. But to me, yeah, that yeah. It is. Yeah, they'll play each other on the 27th of November, second round of group stage games. I haven't heard a lot about that, and I think it's going to be huge. And then, yeah, I feel like Iran, they're being slept on. So, I don't know. Is there anything you guys that ju- jumped up in your mind that you'd like to? Um, just in the conversation you guys are having, in terms of Uruguay, the Ghanaian FA president said it's on site when they play each other. They haven't forgotten about that night in Johannesburg, clearly. So that's going to be a must-watch match for that purpose. Much like you, I would also agree that Spain-Germany hasn't been spoken of as much as it was in 2010 in Durban. That match was phenomenal. Um, Puyol pretty much lifting Spain to the final. And... I feel like between now and then we'll start to hear a lot more chatter about that matchup in particular, given how these two sides are in rebuilding stages to the point where like more younger young players are coming onto the scene. Havertz, Werner, and other youngins for Germany, Pedri, Gavi, Ansu Fati, he's hit fit by then for Spain. So I feel like between now and then we'll definitely hear a lot more conversations about that match in particular and um on your iran point maybe they can be a dark horse in that group there's also still an outside shot that they themselves might get kicked out of the world cup so um, do tell i haven't heard anything about this actually so from what i've seen there's um so there's they Basically, to cut a long story short, um, banned women from their football matches. And that caused controversy. There's, there was um, even a point where they were spraying tear gas on women to get them out of here. So apparently FIFA might be looking into this. At least there are some people who at least are asking people to look into it. And given how, you know, we are with human rights and stuff like that, that might be a blind eye turned. We'll see, but I definitely saw that circulate after the draw was made and stuff like that. So, Well, you know, actually let's use that to segue into the next topic. Cause I do, this is something I've been wanting to mention. I think you just touched on the human rights thing. When did all of a sudden the footballing community decided that FIFA is going to be like the arbiter of who gets to participate and not based on geopolitics and what their leaders are doing and what's going on on the ground? Before 
this Russian invasion of Ukraine and the sanctions being hit that Russia got hit with and basically just being kicked out of international competition. They, they have been before, but for doping this time, it's something completely different where it has nothing to do with the athletes. Um, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind and it's something I don't, we've never really seen before. We've normally seen football and FIFA trying to stay out of the actual debate but insert themselves in a way to try and bring people together, right? Um, I remember in 2006, the Ivory Coast arrived at the World Cup. Their country was in full civil war. Before the World Cup started, Drogba and a lot of the other senior players said, we need, like, please stop the war at bare minimum during the World Cup. And they did. So in a sense, is it right to start canceling nations from the game based on human rights issues that are happening in their country or, and this is a point that FIFA has made about the world cup in Qatar is keep it there so that you actually shine a light on this country. And hopefully this helps breed more positive changes in it. I don't know. The whole human rights thing is interesting. I, I would love for you guys to sound off a little bit about it because players being asked to stand up um, teams being asked to maybe boycott. It's all weird. And I, I just love you guys' opinion on this. It's a nuanced thing. I, I think it's what really gets me is the holier than thou attitude about, um, you know, situations, uh, you know, with the human rights stuff. Like you'll see, you know, Newcastle fans who were going crazy uh, when, you know, they were bought by the Saudi Arabian investment fund, turning around and saying, you know, the World Cup in Qatar, you know, needs to be addressed and the human rights violations and this isn't right. And it's kind of like the Spider-Man meme, you know, kind of look at yourself. What are you talking <laughs> yes. about? You know, and so uh, that's really been getting me, especially in England, the punditry uh, has been kind of angling it, asking the players and, and, and even Gareth Southgate questions, making them seem like they're politicians when there are people who are supposed to do this. Now I understand shining a light on something. And that's something that I can respect and appreciate. You know, you have a platform and you have uh, a moment in this country where these human rights violations are going on. And the fact that, you know, you're even pointing, pointing to it and saying things about it is, I'm not, I won't say it is enough, but I think it's what should be expected from players in that regard. But I think that's just about it in regards to what should be expected. Now, asking them to, you know, change their lives or, 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 you know, stop playing the matches or boycotting playing and things like that. Um, to be honest, is kind of asking more than you're asking, you know, your local governments or, you know, your national governments to do. And so it's, when did, you know, footballers become the politicians and politicians became nothing. So that's kind of the way I, <laughs> that's kind of the way I see it. It's kind of hypocritical and, one last thing I'll say uh, before I go on too much about geopolitics and football um, is just the idea that, uh, you know, that the countries that are kind of pointing the finger at Qatar are, have never done bad in their past or have a, you know, a wonderfully clean slate, not excusing, you know, the, the gender and, you know, human rights violations and things that are going on in Qatar, but just saying that, you know, not every country is perfect. And if there is a chance to have dialogue and to try to promote change in a peaceful way, rather than a, you know, 
a way like this that's just kind of pointing fingers and saying we're better than you guys. You know, I say all that to say that I think that there is a better solution and this necessarily isn't it. So that's what I got on there. Um, the two examples I can think of, South Africa throughout the entire apartheid and Yugoslavia. So in terms of like the Russian expulsion, there's precedent to that. In terms of human rights in Qatar, um, new FIFA, as in the Infantino administration, they're like, listen, if it were up to us, we wouldn't even have the World Cup here, but this was old FIFA. They already did it. Everything is done. You can't pull back now. It's too late. It is what it is. Part of me says, yeah, I get it. Part of me also says it's bullshit because you're accepting like Qatar Airways as a, as a um, major FIFA World Cup sponsor. So I don't know. I guess it's not even just FIFA. On the player point, I guess, you, you know, yeah, it's it's up to their discretion to if they want to go and be more active about certain things been much more power to them. I think the main thing is, especially the media coverage and how they're kind of expecting players to be a certain way when, you know, they should be expecting other people to be a certain way, not necessarily football players. Right. I mean, and, and it's kind of like, in my opinion, extra credit or bonus points if they are, you know, vocal about things and have something to say about it. But um, on the FIFA point being holier than thou, you know, I was reading about Bayern Munich, who's been in bed with Qatar for the last 12 or so years. You know, they train there every offseason. They're sponsored by either Qatar Airways or one of, you know, their local airports. It might just be the actual airport itself. And so, um, you know, everybody's kind of in this situation where we'll take your money, but, you know, and it, on camera, you know, we're going to say, oh, this is a travesty. And then, yeah, obviously behind, behind you know, the looking glass or when folks aren't necessarily watching, yeah, we'll take your money. We'll, we'll spend the summers in Qatar and Doha and train there and, you know, put you guys on our jerseys and whatnot. And so it's, it's just really nasty. The, the expectations put upon players when the front office and the executives and the folks that really reap the full benefits of all of this stuff aren't being asked the same questions because there, there isn't access to these types of people. Whereas with players, they're required to be in press conferences and things of that nature. So it's ugly. It's ugly. You know, I, I, I mean, I completely agree with you. I think it's ugly. But also one thing that you you mentioned, the Gareth Southgate, um, the moment that he got asked the question. And I, I think it was his, his response was absolutely brilliant. I'm actually going to read. I, I managed to pull up some of the quote here because this this says a lot. In my opinion, I think that he nailed it with the way he described this. And I for some reason, I don't think very many people you know, jumped on and said, you know, this is a really good take. Um, so he said, I'm not sure what that does in relation to sort of boycotting the tournament. He said, even though it would be a tremendous story, the tournament would go on. Unfortunately, the most serious issue, which is non-religious and non-cultural, is what occurred during the construction of the stadiums. And there's nothing we can do about that. For the past eight years, we've known that this would take place in Qatar we are entangled with all types of investment in this country, as we can see with Russia. This is a difficult situation. The issues themselves aren't difficult. Nevertheless, the ramifications of diplomatic ties and dealings with other countries and organizations are. And it's it's obviously got to be really frustrating for him and players to be asked, hey, guess what? This is your once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Are you going to take a stand and, um, you know, cancel the little mini thumb of the Arabian Peninsula? 
Meanwhile, everything is going on in Yemen. So we don't, and, and this obviously it's a football podcast. We're not going to get into that. You can check your news uh, podcast elsewhere. <laughs> but, but this, I think that's the whole thing is he did a really good job of explaining like, look, we're all tied in this together and there has to be, and I, I think you're, what you, when you said holier than now, that's what I've gotten from a lot of the media on this is kind of like a, let's ask the players if they think it's okay to go and you're, very good point was why not ask politicians what about, you know about what they're doing so i just think that these are good thoughts for us to get out there i think a lot of people have been very much just on the bandwagon of saying human rights human rights human rights in qatar and it's like well let's let's not forget stuff happens everywhere and yeah so let's uh we'll say yeah go for it uh, my country the motherland Honduras, is boycotting this world cup and only because we're too trash to make it so there's that you know what you're in good company italy's right along with you bro yeah at least they won a game in qualifiers unlike us <laughs> i had to well, go there but well no for another day and thank you for the levity because that, that helps us you know giggle and get onto another topic that's actually going to be more fun let's do a quick trash or pass okay we have to do this first one the world cup song trash or pass what do you guys think I like this hot, hot fire trash or pass. Ooh, I like this. Um, what is what would be in between? If there's really? an in between, Reggie. whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like it. I like it. Um, so I'll pass it. I like it. Um, it, it gives all like a little sing song vibe to it. It's not something you can get down to like a Shakira or even the last World Cup song with Nicky Jam and Will Smith. That's right. So it's That's a right. pass. I, I, I don't mind it. I'm, I'm going trash. I'm going trash. Because uh, the first, <laughs> when I tried to remember the song, the first thing I thought of was during the ceremony. I couldn't even remember the song. I'm, I'm just keep picturing Idris Elba. And I'm not, I'm not sure if that's, you know, a credit to how good Idris Elba looks or how Mad bad the song is. You know, not not memorable at all. So I'm gonna go trash. It doesn't hit the same as, of course. You know, this time for Africa with Shakira, or even Kanan with Waving Flag, songs that you just kind of remember. They they stick in your head, and this one, you know, kind of went in one year, ear and out the other. I'm gonna listen to it obviously a couple more times, and probably a bunch more times until the World Cup begins and through the tournament, of course. But as of right now, for me, we're going trash. All right. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go past because it's not like when you look back at the whole catalog of World Cup songs, there's some awful ones in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> so I'll give it a pass because it's got that sort of World Cup vibe that sort of ha- is, is on now. But I will totally agree. It's not memorable. It just kind of sounds like a repackaged version of Kanan's waving flag and just not as epic. So, OK, let's uh, the mascot. Did you guys see this? The like turban handkerchief? I, it, it's yeah, the the ghost. Yeah. I the like ghost. that. I'm going. I'm going past. I'm going past on the mascot. I think it's creative. It's a. Uh, it's like a. I think it's a, an animated version of like the kufi thing that uh, would be worn, I guess, around uh, in the Middle East and or Middle Eastern culture for the most part. And I read that the name actually means like super skilled, or whatever, uh, in in whatever ability that you possess. So, uh, I like it. I like. I like it. I think it's pretty cute. And uh, it looks like it'd be pretty good on the pitch, pretty fast, if you will. So I'm going to go pass on that one. I like it. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go pass. And there's a, 
the reason why I pass on the, I, well, I don't pass on the reason I think it's good. It's kind of fun is like in the Western world, I think if you had asked a bunch of people like, all right, what do you guys think? Like if you asked like an American marketing firm, come up with a mascot for the world cup, they all would have been like, we can't do that. That's racist. We can, there's no way. I love that they're owning that. This is like a genuine part of their culture and they're going to make it the mascot. I think it's, I think that's fun. Also got to give a shout out to the people who made that meme right away about Ted Lasso. Like, do you believe in ghosts? Well, I, I certainly think they should believe in themselves. <laughs> So <laughs> in the first glance, in the first look, I said trash. I thought it was a stingray at first. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know stingrays to be in Qatar. And for the not football fan, like I like I said, I get everything you guys are saying. But if we can pull this out, um, we know what this is, right? Oh, is man. It, 2014. We we know what animal this is. It's an armadillo, yeah. We know what animal this is. Yep. Yes, indeed. It's leopard. And we Dang. know what animal was like 2018 one. Oh man, this is great. This Ronnie is taking us through memory lane here. Very nice. Yep, the dog. We even know what animal this is. <laughs> an owl. These are great. From the women's world cup in Canada. I That's say awesome. that to say, um, and kids would look at these like, oh, um, this is an owl. This is a, was it a polar bear? No, it was a wolf. Yeah, the wolf. It looks oh. like a dingy from Street Fighter. And then, and then this one, the new one, Qatar, is a kite. That's what they'll think. Exactly. <laughs> a kite, a stingray, a pillow sheet. I don't know. But, again, I didn't think about what you guys were saying at first. So, with that in mind, I would say past but i think it's the aesthetic is kind of trash also it the instant joke that i saw about the ghost of the um the ghost of the migrant workers of the Qatar stadium oh jeez yeah we yeah. went from levity to yeah we went back to serious real quick <laughs> yeah i saw those memes online i'm like oh god so Are let me get to the next trasher pass. This one is a really interesting one to me. And then I, I think we can wrap it up after this one right here. FIFA Plus. Did you guys hear about FIFA Plus? FIFA Plus I will did. deliver <laughs> domestic league games from around the globe, stats, all this stuff. Over 29,000 men's matches, over 11,000 women's matches will be streamed on FIFA Plus. Um First slate of FIFA Plus originals will feature a Ronaldinho story, a Danny Alves story, Ronaldo Nazario, Romulo Lukaku, Lucy Bronze, and Carly Lloyd, among others. Uh, loads and loads of live matches. They'll be streaming the equivalent of 40,000 live games per year from 100 member associations across all six confederations. Guys, this is a hell of a lot of football that's just going to be available. Are you in on FIFA Plus? Yes, because I saw it was free. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> well done, FIFA. Good decision. Quick sidebar. Yesterday I was checking the weather report here in New York because it was blazing hot. And on the Weather Channel website, you have to pay for a subscription to view the hourly weather report after like two days. I'm like, even the weather's behind a paywall now? 
man. So for FIFA Plus to be, you know, free to the public, I'm not mad at it. I love it. <laughs> Ronnie's going to stop looking at the weather and just watch a game from now on. Who cares what the weather's looking at? Looking like, let's watch some old footy. Only for them to get it wrong anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I think, it, I, yeah, I'm with it. I, I, I'm i going to give us a pass as well. Um, one, obviously, is Ronnie so eloquently points out free. Can't, can't go can't go get mad at free. And two, you know, it puts a bunch of football in one place for you to go and find rather than ha- rather than having to scour the Internet and things like that. I know during the pandemic, uh, FIFA put a bunch of classic matches on YouTube, which is really nice. You know, you can go revisit some of those. But just to have everything here, plus some extra football content. I mean, I think it's always a plus. It's always a plus. And the fact that it's like affordable slash free. There's a cherry on top, so I'm gonna go ahead and give that a pass. One of the few passes you give FIFA because <laughs> they can't do anything right, it seems. Well, and, and I'm gonna agree that this is awesome just because it's funny, but there are actually some classic games that you, you can't find on YouTube. Like, you know, there are right. some from a certain from certain eras that just never no one uploaded them. So there will be content that I would imagine people have not been able to see or have never been exposed to and so for people who are going to be interested in looking back at some classic games i think that's i think that's an awesome awesome way to go and i'm again the fact that they made it free it to me that shows once again that despite the fact that there's a lot we can say negative about fifa i think the reality is and with this world cup like the whole plan was and i know they got bribed for it but the whole idea of fifa ethos behind it is how do we grow the game to more places in the world and i'm not going to lie when i look at this schedule here i'm going to pull this thing up and just set it here in front of the screen that's four matches a day four a day i mean this is going to be a total bonanza it's Eyes are going to be on Qatar. I think a lot of people are going to say, well, if I can go to two or three or four games a day by taking a Metro, why not? So this FIFA may have nailed it by accident, by human rights atrocities and by uh, making FIFA plus. I don't know. They, they may have just nailed it with this 2022 edition. So yeah, I don't know. They got to their destination, their point, or uh, we're, we're assuming that they did or will or will get to their point of nailing it. Um, and then I think just a small caveat is the fact that we've been starved of World Cup football for about four years. So I think well, I'll take anything I can get at this point. And the fact that we're getting four matches in a day, on any given day to me is like, you know, we're in heaven. So quit your day uh, job. Quit your day yeah, job in November. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, my, my job never. Or you're fired. <laughs> yeah. I find even crazier that the round of 16 starts the day after the last group stage matches. Yeah, they're not messing around. Yeah, no. But right but here's the thing: right travel is not an issue, so teams cannot be like, "Oh no, the travel going to." It's like you just got on a tr- train, went 20 minutes, got from one luxury hotel to the next. So, guys, um, we are running out of time because my Zoom with two people has a limit because I have, for some reason, not decided to upgrade. But that's okay. We'll let Ronnie get back to Top Boy. Oh uh, yes, Top Boy fam. I'm going to catch up on that, and I'll pull you guys in, bro. Get me. I get you. And Alvi, thank you as well. Always a Blocking it down for the World Cup draw. And uh, Zakumi says peace. Zakumi says peace. Well, I say peace as well. Peace to everybody. Peace to Zakumi. Ooh. And peace to... I, well, hey, what's the name of the new mascot? We got to say peace to that. It's La- Laib. Laib? I think it's Laib. Well, I guess uh, in the next uh, podcast, La-Eve. we'll have to clear that one up. 
Yeah. Still the GOAT. Well, peace to Campfire Football and the Football Misfits. Y'all know where to find us. You do. You do indeed.